Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, September 1st, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. And joining me is Imran the Don Khan. Howdy. Imran, how's it going? It is going okay. I've been playing Avengers the last oh. 12 hours, I guess. Tell me about it because I've wanted to I, I wanted to jump into it. I got the code. I got it loaded up on my PS4. And last night I was like, all right, it's time. Avengers, let's do it. But then a friend hit me up and they were like, hey, do you want to play chess on 51 Worldwide Classics? And I was like, sure, I'll play a game of chess. Cool, let's God do it. Damn it. And then I played, I played a game of chess and then right afterwards, a different friend hit me up and they were like, hey, UFC? And I was like, sure, let's play some, let's play some EA UFC. And by the time I finished that, I was like, oh man, I don't know if I have enough time to get into Avengers. I'm going to play some Moon on my Switch right before bed. And I, I played good. those three games instead of Avengers. So Imran, what's your, uh, what's your, your first impression so far? It is aggressively fine. It is mm. like, yeah, it's, I only played the single player so far. Cause like the same stuff I've been having with matchmaking. Cause the game is out technically like del- the like small group yeah, of people, right? Yeah. Deluxe yeah. edition people can play that game now. And I guess journalists, so there's just no embargo, which is just the weirdest review thing I've ever seen. But yeah, it's very fascinating. It's, people are just like uh, live tweeting the game, which is great. Yeah, unless you arrange with a friend to actually play, you're not going to find randoms to play with. So I've like, I've not found anyone to play with yet. So I've only done the single player stuff. Single player stuff is like it's a bit, it's performing better than the beta did. It's perform, but not always. Sometimes it does get a little low. Uh, all I've played so far, except for one mission, has been stuff in the beta and like the like the opening tutorial stuff, of, like all the Kamala stuff. Which here's my problem with this game, and this is a problem with all video games, not just Avengers, but Avengers really makes a big problem of it is if your game has is not built for stealth and you have a stealth sequence where you will lose it's an abrupt loss state you will die immediately there should not be load times after you die that should not Amen, be a brother tell them like also, it should be go if ahead jumps are hard and they haven't opened up yes. the feature that allows you to grab stuff when you're yes. jumping do the same thing don't don't make me wait yes i mean like so there's that's the weird thing of the game is if the game just doesn't let you do the jump like it's the uncharted thing of they have to actually grasp onto it or the 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 prompt has to appear for you to actually make that jump sometimes it doesn't do that and you'll fall and just die and reload for i think i timed it out to 15 seconds which is like it's a fairly long time to do that sort of thing this is not like this will probably not be a huge issue when you're playing multiplayer with friends in a Destiny style thing. But in the single player campaign, it is aggravating. Dude, next gen is coming soon, man. PS5, Xbox Series X is gonna be here. No more load times. I ever. said that I said this about FF7, but like it is a good advertisement for the PS5. I'm yeah. like, oh, I cannot wait for SSDs because god damn it. This is we've reached the point where this is just actually too much. I, I can't wait to, to try out the game. Like, I, I was pretty underwhelmed by the beta uh, when I played it, but seeing people's impressions on Twitter and stuff and seeing that, like, one, you saying that it runs better in single player fills me with a lot of excitement because that was, like, where a lot of my uh, uh, impressions came from of the game. Yeah. It, it did not seem to run well in that beta for me. Uh, but then also, like, I've seen people talk about the story and stuff and how, like, people are surprisingly impressed with how good the story is. Mm-hmm. And, like, that stuff has me like, all right, cool. If, if that's the case, then, yeah, that's going to fix a lot of where my excitement kind of dwindled uh, coming out of beta. It's, it's, I haven't experienced enough of the story to say whether or not it's good. I will mm-hmm. say the only, two of the three characters I have are Nolan North and Troy Baker, and that's distracting. <laughs> 
Like, I understand oh, they're yeah. like, very prominent voice actors, but when they have dialogue together, it's like, oh, this is every video game ever. Oh, yeah. Like, I've heard you guys before. <laughs> I, uh, I do want to say that, like, story-wise, there are some things in the first little intro bit that really... Like, I really, really enjoyed her. I was sitting there and I'm like, really? oh, my God, they're talking to, like, the little fan in me, and it's working. That's awesome. Yeah. That's real awesome. Well, you know what else is awesome? The Series S eventually coming out someday. Uh, Capcom <laughs> news coming soon. And an incoming Ubisoft Forward, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games daily. To be a part of the show, head to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames with bronze members or above get to write in, and silver members or above get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post-show. Housekeeping, thank you to our Patreon producers, Muhammad Muhammad, Blackjack, and a new one for September, Tom Bach, the homie back at it. Of course, Tom Bach, you know that name well. Uh, back on the Kind of Funny Games Daily Patreon producers roster. So welcome. Today we're brought to you by Brooklinen, Logitech, and Hims. but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. Baker's dozen. Starting with our number one, uh, coming out of that last Ubisoft forward, we we there was word, or not even there was word. They said that there are going to be more uh, coming this year, and we finally have confirmation on when the next one is. Ubisoft forward is returning next week. This is Sal Romano at Gamatsu who writes. Ubisoft will host its next Ubisoft forward showcase on September 10th at 12 p.m. Pacific time. The company announced. You'll be able to watch it out on YouTube, Twitch, and Ubisoft.com. A pre-show will begin an hour ahead of the official stream at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, featuring a Brawlhalla matchup between Ubisoft News Team and Blue Mammoth Game Developers, as well as updates from the teams behind Roller Champions, For Honor, The Division 2, and Ghost Recon Breakpoint. The main show will feature updates on Watch Dogs Legion, Hyperscape, Rainbow Six Siege, Immortal Phoenix Rising, uh, confirmed by Ubisoft as the new name for Gods and Monsters, and more yet-to-be-revealed uh, surprises. After the main show, Ubisoft will host a deep dive into two unreleased titles. Very exciting stuff. Imran, I wanted to start with this Immortals Phoenix Rising thing, because this is a, this was uh, a piece of information that, was, that, that came up yesterday uh, mm -hmm. during kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong as a piece of missed news. I mean, me and Tim touched on it a little bit. But what's your take on this name change for Gods of Monsters? Because I feel like that's coming out of nowhere. That's the first time I've seen the new name, and I don't like it nearly as much as Gods of Monsters. Same. Like this is like, hmm, it it. If I saw the the title Immortals Phoenix Rising on a game box in a game store, I would expect like a like. Kevin, was that Kevin? That was blowing no, that was Reb. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, she was laughing. I thought okay. I thought that was Kevin blowing his nose. Literally, no. hilarious. <laughs> if I saw that on a game box in a uh, in a game store, I would expect like a tie the Tasmanian Tiger style cartoon character underneath it. Like yeah. that that does not sound like a a game I take seriously. Granted, it's just a title, and you don't judge a book by its cover. I'm sure the game is fine. That's a dumbass title compared to Gods and Monsters. No, oh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm with you there, right? Me and, me and Tim, when we were talking about it yesterday, right? I was like, man, 
what I was like, why not just call it Immortals? But then I was like, I guess there's a billion things called Immortals, right? And like yes. to the Phoenix Rise Rising thing, like I think I accidentally called it Immortals Phoenix Down on a show yesterday, right? Like it is such a nondescript name. Uh and to be fair, gods and monsters also somewhat of a nondescript name, but I feel but like that like carried more personality. Name. Yeah, it's exactly. like I get and for people who aren't looking at like a the actual title in text, it is not like Phoenix spelled like you know the the our fabled bird. It is F E N Y X. Yes, that is it. Like that is just another level of shovelwareness to that title. Granted, again, don't think that title is going to affect the way that game looks, which it looks pretty cool. But yeah. that is a bad name. That is that is a game that I am very much looking forward to, though. Right, like that's a game that I've been trying to pay attention to even though they've not really shown anything since that e3 reveal that was like a purely cinematic thing uh but you know from the way they're talking about it and from the way they're showing it it seemed to be somewhat analogous to a breath of the wild like open world game right. which that coming from the assassin's creed folks you know that could be exciting that could be a fun thing that's something i want to know more about and something that i potentially want to play um but them changing the name probably tells me that that game i don't know if it looks dynamically different from what we saw because we didn't see much but that tells me that yeah like that delay out of february probably meant that they're they were retooling quite a bit because like yeah. that game was supposed to come out again in february under the name gods and monsters which which begs the question for me what happened like what what went wrong or like what was the change in vision yeah because they, they did a whole portfolio delay last year of like hey yeah. division two didn't sell well and uh breakpoint breakpoint didn't sell well those were our two big hitters. We're going to try and figure this out. And they sold well, but not up to expectations or not up to the previous games. So this was always the weird one to delay because it wasn't anything like this. It wasn't a Tom Clancy game. It wasn't a shooter in any way. So it was weird that they delayed it. Uh, I remember before it was revealed last year at E3, some people at Ubisoft told me like they were kind of afraid of the how to reveal it because they were afraid that, oh, people are going to look at this and think like it's a ripoff of Breath of the Wild. So I wonder if that was part of the like idea when they started delaying it of maybe we're going to change some things here and there. I'm eager to see what happens when we actually do see it again, because obviously mm. it's going to be a new side forward. So like, is it going to be that much different from what we saw? Or is it going to be like, we're going to really lean into this because no one really cared that it was like, looked like Breath of the Wild at the, the uh, E3 last year. Yeah. Well, that's my thing is like, even if they change it, if, if the game has changed dynamically uh, from what it was going to be, how much of that would we even realize at this point, right? Because they didn't, they showed they showed that cinematic, which was basically just a, a way to set the tone. Hey, mm. you are playing as a, you're playing in a cartoon style world with fantastical creatures and like this, you know, like it's, it's literally gods and monsters, right? You're like, you're playing in that type of world. And they didn't really go in depth at all uh, into what that is. And so I wonder if there's anything that we see at the Ubisoft forward that is like, oh no, this is, th this seems like a change in direction. This seems, this seems different. I'm, I don't, I don't think we'll actually, uh, we'll see. I don't, I don't think we'll actually notice is my, is my prediction. Um, yeah. You know, I have a question. Uh, mm. Is Roar Champions out? I don't think so. No. But why, why is it relegated to the pre-show? That's a very good question. That's a very good question, actually. Uh, I mean, it seems like one of those that like, I'm I'm sure I'm sure they care about it and I'm sure they they want to push that game and they want it to be successful but I'm sure like at a certain point they're like all right we got to push Rainbow Six and Hyperscape and Immortals more like those those I games take precedent 
Hyperscape is an example of a game that is out that I hear nobody talking about. And when I'm sure that game has its fans and like there's a community for it, but I've not heard anyone talk about it outside of Ubisoft Forward since its release. I mean, I'm with you there. Like as somebody who I previewed Hyperscape and I generally enjoyed Hyperscape. Hyperscape didn't blow my socks off at any yeah. point. And like it coming out to it having that open beta period on PC, the transition to coming out on console for official release, I don't think really hit the way it needed to. Like the game already felt like it was already out for one. And then also uh, the game doesn't play as well as it needs to on console. Mm. in my opinion like the the aiming in that game i don't think is is spot on for a game that is very fast paced and very vertical whenever i'm trying to aim on console it feels impossible uh like the aim assist does not feel like it, it it's where it needs to be and i think that i think that then affects people's enjoyment of it like i don't i, I think there is probably like quite a few people that went and tried it out because it was a new battle royale played it for a day and were like okay well hmm, maybe i'll come back to this so maybe i'll go back to apex or fortnite because they're yeah. one that that um uh that that kind of game right now is kind of saturated when you look around uh and then also hyperscape i don't feel like does enough that is unique enough to really set it apart as something that you need to go to like again i think it has i think it'll have its audience and i i do think it has its audience but Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's the next big uh battle royale the way i think ubisoft maybe wanted it to be yeah if it came out when apex legends came out like that same time frame or even instead of apex legends it would have been great i think it would have really picked up that same audience of people who wanted a faster-paced Battle Royale. But on its own, like, years later, I don't know that it's going to find purchase in, like, the extremely ever-larger or ever-bigger Battle Royale mountain that's growing right now. Yeah. What are your what are your expectation levels for Ubisoft Forward uh, as a whole for this next one? Like, are you expecting, like, any bigger announcements? So they say in this thing that there's like more yet to be real with surprises. This I think this more than the first one's gonna set the tone. Cause like this one they have reaction from the first one to go off of. They know what they they know what the audience wants. So how they react to that is going to be wh- how these things are gonna go. So if it's still just updates on existing games, new trailers, all that stuff. And like the new surprises are actually we have some ac- new content for Division Two that we haven't talked about yet, or things like that. Then I think that's the tone of yeah, this is not a Nintendo Direct style thing. This is just a we're going to update you on existing Ubisoft games. If you want bigger reveals, and wait for the bigger shows. But if they do have some new games, if this is the place they show a new, let's say Beyond Good and Evil Two trailer, or a new Rayman, or a new Rabbids or Mario and Rabbids game, then we're all going to be like, oh shit. This, this mm. will have to be appointment viewing because then we don't know what this Ubisoft forward is supposed to be in the future. They might show amazing bangers and they might not, but we got to watch just in case. What, what do you think they want it to be? Because this what you're describing sounds like the difference between Inside Xbox and uh, Nintendo Direct as far as like the, all right, yeah, we're just updating shit versus like, oh, this is appointment viewing. Like, I got to watch this because they're going to throw out some bangers. Which is like the state of play, basically. It's between those things. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's nothing, and sometimes it has some like really huge reveals. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where they want to be. Is they don't want to set expectations sky high, but they do want to have enough for people to always tune in and like see all the basically get commercials blasted in their face until the new thing shows up too. Uh, and I just now remembered they. Are they not they? But the, I think it was a ratings board leaked Prince of Persia a couple of days ago, right? A couple of weeks ago. 
remember talking about Prince of Persia a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Was it a rating bo- ratings board? Oh, the the remake. Yes. Yes. So that seems like a likely like place for this, right? Yeah. I I feel like see in the, the, well that's why I asked you like what are your expectation levels because I feel like once we invoke Prince of Persia I'm like all right is that too much is that is that asking for too much like how how much legitimacy can we grant to the ratings board thing mm-hmm. um and like I I'm at the place where the, for me this seems like a for how I think about Ubisoft forward right like it does seem like almost a state of play sort of thing in terms of like the 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 way Ubisoft wants to treat it where I don't think I don't think they're as like updatey as like inside Xbox because inside Xbox really does feel like a hey if you're in, you're if you're in our ecosystem and you are paying attention then this is going to be for you because we are going to give you some of the minutia that the grander audience might not care as much about but you're going to mm-hmm. care about because we're talking about see if these updates or we're talking about X Y and Z going on in Gears Tactics or Gears of War or whatever smaller games are coming to our platform or like some bigger games that are coming to our platform uh, for Ubisoft Forward right I think I I look at it as a hey you know we're we're going to talk about our far cry sixes and our watchdog legions and our assassin's creed valhallas but at the same time you know looking at the lineup they have here already you know we mentioned hyperscape uh rainbow six siege watchdogs legion like those are those are in the main show like those are three out of out of the four games that they confirm for the main show and watchdogs legion we have seen multiple times now we have seen a lot uh, and that game is imminent. So I understand why it's here, but like that is very much going to be a... By the way, Watch Dogs Legion exists, and you can get it soon. Hyperscape is probably going to be a new season or something along those lines, or maybe like a uh, a new gun or a, a new a new hack or up like an, an update sort of thing to remind you that Hyperscape exists. Rainbow Six Siege is probably also going to be something along the lines of a new season or a new character or operator or like... I forget if um, the Splinter Cell dude is is in it uh already or not yeah um but kind of find out com slash you're wrong if you if you want to let me know um but like yeah like that's that's very much a not a nintendo direct sort of like and i keep invoking nintendo direct even though those i feel like those they haven't had a hype one in a while but you know what i mean it will be right? a year uh on saturday yeah from the last general direct yeah but you know what i mean as far as a right. hey we're coming out with bangers we're here to get you excited we're here to have a party Ubisoft Four doesn't necessarily seem to be that for me yet, and so I, I'm like trepidatious when it comes to expecting a um, a Prince of Persia. That said, like you know, who knows? More to yet, more yet to be revealed surprises. Yeah. And like, if you're doing, they mentioned here in the article, right after the main show, Ubisoft will host a deep dive into two unreleased titles. I mean, like unreleased I'm, I'm, could mean anything. Unreleased yes. includes like it could be Watch Dogs Legion still. It could be I was going to call it Gods and Monsters, but Immortals: Phoenix Rising. And that would make sense, right? If it is Immortals and Watchdogs, like those would be two unreleased titles that would make sense to do deep dives in. Um, but what if it's Gods and Monsters and a Prince of Persia? That is that is me putting in like way too much expectation in this thing. But I don't know. We'll we'll see. Yeah, stay tuned. They've already they've been stepping in it quite a bit over the last couple of months. Like not even not huge yeah. things. It's not like okay, the the harassment well, scandal obviously a huge thing. And the thing but, last week with Elite Squad. Yes, that's what I was saying. It's like that i bet that game was part of ubisoft forward at some point and they very quickly pulled it out because yeah, yeah that was that was a real dumb intro and the thing schreier was reporting last night about how the yeah. the director is actually yuzugimo's son is like yeah. hmm, that's that explains a lot yeah 
it's it's a it's been an interesting year slash couple seasons for Ubisoft to say yes. the very least. Uh oh, is she playing Moon in the background? She's playing Moon in the background. Yes. Oh man, I'm so. Uh, how far is she? Can you ask how far she is without? Hey, Reb, how how far are you in Moon? question no i don't think so <laughs> i don't know uh i've i've saved i think like 20 plus animals i think i'm level like how or something how does she so get i have a question for her how does she stay alive <laughs> because i keep dying and i know you're supposed to eat food to like keep your vitality up or whatever is there like a trick to stay alive longer because okay. i'm dying like crazy so you didn't end up reading the instruction manual because we had to actually figure this out was there's a little a triangle on the top left of the HUD on the day marker thing, the schedule. Mm -hmm. So if you pass the red part of that, you will die. So you have to just gain okay. love levels and get stronger. And that, that, that mark will just keep moving forward and forward to give you more time. You have to go back to bed and sleep before it hits there. Is it advisable to go to sleep like at nighttime? I know that, that sounds like the dumbest question of all time, but I mean, like, do I get tired whenever. quicker? Do I get tired quicker at night though? Because I feel like whenever night hits, my character gets drowsy. It's just that you don't have enough t like energy at that point. The, oh, mo okay. the more you level oh. up, the faster you will like, or the more time you will have. Gotcha. I'm into that game. The game's cool. The game's weird. I, I suggest reading Patrick Klepek on Vice put a really good interview with the developer, and he like explained why this game is finally coming out now, and it appears to be because Toby Fox at Undertale fame was like, "Hey, why don't you put that game out?" And he's like, "Okay, sure." So they like all the stars aligned for them to finally do it now. Awesome. Story number two this is a question that I feel like we've asked so much this year, but I'm going to ask it again, Imran. When are we getting the Series S reveal? I'm pulling an article from Andy Robinson at VGC who writes, The unannounced, less powerful next-gen Xbox console has seemingly been re referenced again on official Microsoft material. A Twitter user claimed this weekend to have ordered an Xbox controller, which they said came bundled with an Xbox Game Pass code sheet, uh, which mentions Xbox Series X slash S. If legitimate, it's the second time in the past month that official Xbox merchandise has referenced the unannounced console. In August, some consumers managed to get their hands on updated next-gen Xbox controllers, which reportedly reference Series S on their boxes. Imran, this keeps happening. Mm -hmm. we, we keep getting we keep getting tidbits. We keep we keep getting hints of Xbox Series S's existence, but they refuse to announce it. When are we finally going to hear about it? So, who was uh, Jeff Grubb? Was the one who was like the thing they were supposed to do in july or june got mm. pushed to august and obviously it's not august anymore so presumably it's this month i i don't know why they keep pushing it back i assume it's still like the weird game of chicken they're playing with sony but yeah i it has to be this month i can't imagine it will be later than next month because like if it's if it's not this month then it's not coming out at launch period like it's there's just no way they only give a month lead time to that sort of thing but yeah, it's it is so weird. This is the most absurd gener or console transition I've ever seen. Where, granted, we're we're now at the point where we are closing in on the same very short distance that the Switch had from reveal to release. So mm -hmm. if we like, days, yeah, pretty much by reveal of those like I I mean like pricing and yeah, like the actual Switch presentation. Yes. So if we pass that, then this will officially be like a record-breaking short, absurdly short time frame. I, I suspect that S will come at launch because it is their like ace in the hole for, hey, we know you don't have that much money right now. We know you want a next-gen system. 
here's an option for like ray tracing and SSD. But on the other hand, they also don't really have anything that'll take advantage of that right now. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the is there a next gen exclusive game yet for Xbox Series X? The medium, I think. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I keep seeing, seeing come up. So the medium is going to be their big thing of like, hey, this is what takes advantage of SSDs. And who knows? Maybe that game, that's Blueberry Team, right? Uh, I, believe, I think so. Yeah. So yeah. like that's going to be their big ace in the hole, I guess. Uh, so if they did yeah, delay the Xbox One S and said like, hey, this is just for people who want to play the the... The big third-party games, you know, day one with the best they could possibly be, sans PC. Then that's a that's a marketing thing, and they they could pull the S off till later. I could see that. It's all so confusing at this point. I don't know. I have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, the fact that we're in September now, you know, I think adds a, a new level of man. It is shocking how how close we've gotten, and we've talked about it multiple times already this week, even though it's just Tuesday, right? That like it it's not crazy for technology to to you know have such a, a, a short um uh duration from price reveal to product launch like mm-hmm. that's like what the iphone does every year that that's not necessarily a crazy thing but yeah like it's still it's still strange it's september have you asked yeah. me towards the, if you asked me towards the beginning of the year like when are we going to see the the prices and like deep a deeper dive into the features and the details of the new consoles I would have said before September, like at the very least, I would be like, oh yeah, June. Um, But wild times, man. Wild, like, honestly, I don't expect we will ever see a Either no generational transition will be like this ever again, or they all will. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I mean, honestly, I think this might become more and more of a standard. Like if, if it proves that you can do it this way and it's fine, like you, you still sell through all all your um, uh, manufactured consoles, right? Like, then why not like what is yeah. what is the rush why have a six month protracted like launch uh run up when apple can just release like an ipad and then sell it the next week exactly story number three prepare for incoming resident evil 8 news uh, i saw yesterday people were, were tweeting out because there was the whole thing after the i believe it was the playstation 5 presentation mm-hmm. uh where they revealed resident evil 8 news came out after that that we would see more news by the end of august uh and of course yesterday was the end of august literally like not even an hour after midnight on september 1st uh capcom came out and they revealed that there's gonna be more uh info about resident evil 8 or resident evil village this is from jordan allman at ign capcom has revealed that resident evil village will be shown during tokyo game show 2020 online as part of a special publisher broadcast revealed on twitter by the capcom dev one account the game will feature during the virtual trade show as part of the Capcom TGS Live 2020 webcast. Broadcast in Japan, broadcast in Japanese with simultaneous uh, English and Chinese inter- interpretation. The live show will feature Street Fighter V Champion Edition on September 26th and Resident Evil Village on September 27th. The tweet also acknowledges that Capcom had previously announced that the fans would receive an update on the game during August 2020, back when the game was revealed during the PS5 Games Conference. So there you go. If you're hyped about Resident Evil 8, get more hyped because you're going to get some more news soon. So we're, we're going to talk about uh, the leaker Dust Golem at, in the next story. But I want to mention mm-hmm. he recently leaked a bunch of stuff from the RE Resident Evil 8 playtests. So like, it does sound like the game is leaning very hard in this village aspect. And I 
I would hope that the, I don't know. To me, it sounds very Resident Evil Four ish for what they're doing, which is you know good. But I like to. I w- I want to see what they've actually got, and I actually want this game to come out fairly soon. How, when do you think it's going to come out? Uh, they they intimated it was twenty twenty one. I would say, I would not be shocked if it was this financial year. If it was March, hmm. and that would line up with previous yeah. Resident Evils, right? Like so far, Resident Evil has been on a yearly schedule for the last few years, and so March wouldn't be shocking. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Capcom, though, story number four, could we see a new Monster Hunter on Switch soon? This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Capcom is gearing up to announce a new Monster Hunter game for Nintendo Switch. That's according to Capcom insider Dusk Golem, who has claimed that the game is being developed using a Switch-compatible version of the RE engine, as opposed to the older MT framework engine used for recent series entries. Quote, I will crush one dream with my RE engine, engine talk on Switch, uh, Dusk Golem added. RE7, RE2, and RE3 aren't coming to Switch. They tried to port RE7 to Switch for a while one time, but had difficulty getting any satisfactory result. RE engine games for Switch will need to be made with Switch in mind, end quote. During a shareholder meeting this summer, Capcom said it had no plans to bring 2018's Monster Hunter World to Nintendo Switch. However, it added, quote, We are looking into development of Monster Hunter games for teenage children and hope you look forward to what the future brings, end quote. That, I, the teenage children comment, I feel like, is interesting because I don't know what that means. But the rest of the sounds sound. Yeah, I, I'll I'll go ahead and confirm he's correct about the stuff. They tried to bring RE7 to Switch once, didn't work, and that's... Uh, they tried to bring Monster Hunter World to Switch too. It did not work as well. So mm-hmm. And they decided that the latency was too much for the cloud version. So, But they did put RE7 for a cloud-only release on in Japan. Uh, the teenager thing is... They want so Monster Hunter PSP was very big because teenagers got together and they played it like locally on their mm-hmm. like PSPs on trains and stuff. That's not as big a deal now, but it, that same audience still exists. So I think that's what they mean is hey, it's that same idea of you have a handheld portable Monster Hunter, why not play it together kind of thing? Gotcha. And they say they, they see that in the Switch market pretty much, mm-hmm. is what they're saying. The- yeah. The RE engine stuff, I think, is, is is really interesting because to what you're saying, right? RE seven and Mar- Monster Hunter World would those games would make a lot of sense on the Switch. Like if you take power out of the equation, just in terms of what those games are, specifically Monster Hunter World, um, uh, more so than RE seven. Right? Like Monster Hunter World on the Switch would kill, uh, given you know, like what you're saying, right? Like the that that fan base, I think, fits within like what what the capabilities of the switch are being able to have that portable being able to play locally being able to uh to have that on the go like that that sounds awesome that sounds like like, like a great experience uh and so like you know them not being able to get it to work on the switch and being like yo fuck it let's just make it let's just make an exclusive one or let's mm-hmm. make one that is tailored to the switch makes a lot of sense um i imagine yeah, like not for that a Monster Hunter switch is going to be like it has world improvements like the sa- the quality of life improvements we expect but also is not like one big open area. Like it is, it'll probably be in segments like Monster Hunter used to be. Yeah. Or like was prior to World, I should say. So I, I'm guessing that is going to be the big concession for Switch is that like it's more areas than like you an open worldish kind of thing. But I like it'll be things like hey, you can actually like walk and heal at the same time kind of thing. 
speaking of technology, these are the worst transitions today. I apologize. <laughs> uh, PS5 devs are speaking out about this, the PS5, about the technology of the PS5, uh, talking about the benefits of the console's SSD and 3D audio. I'm pulling from Jordan Allman at IGN, but this is kind of piggybacking off of the the article we got either last week or two weeks ago, where it was devs talking about the um, dual sense controller and how different devs are taking advantage of the dual sense controller. This is basically in the same vein as that, where it, it, the post came from the PlayStation blog uh, and is very much like a, a Sony marketing thing. But I think there are some, some interesting tidbits in here. So again, I'm reading from Jordan Alleman at IGN. Sony has asked its developers to discuss the PS5's new high-speed SSD and 3D audio functionality, giving us a sense of how the features will be used at launch and in the future. In a PlayStation blog post, developers from the likes of Insomniac, SIE Japan, and Gorilla uh, discussed the PS5's new strengths. The majority of the developers discussed the SSD, which has previously been said to be far ahead of high-end PC equivalents in terms of its pure loading speed. Spider-Man Miles Morales director Brian Horton discussed near-instant load times, fast travel, and the ability to, quote, quickly load and display more detailed assets, end quote. While these are fairly expected answers, other developers pointed out less obvious benefits to their games. Both Demon's Souls' Gavin, Gavin Moore and Hitman 3's Matthias Engstrom uh, both, uh, brought up the, follow, the, the follow-on benefits of shorter lo loading times in their games, from making death feel slightly less punishing in Demon's Souls and encouraging multiple, save, multiple saves and loads in Hitman 3 to encourage experimentation. Other developers pointed out that the future benefits of such a fast drive are hard to predict, but exciting nonetheless. Far Cry 6's lead programmer, Neil Hill, pointed out that the ga that uh, game streaming speed shouldn't mean open world design can be pushed or should mean uh, open world design can be pushed in new directions. While Ratchet and Clank ripped apart, Marcus Smith says the te technology speed and ability to load new locations, quote, fundamentally changes the rules and allows us to think about ideas and game design uh, that are only possible on the PS5, end quote. The PS5's Tempest 3D audio tech is harder to discuss given that it's more experiential, but PS5 devs spoke mostly about its ability to better communicate in-game location to players, even without high-cost sound equipment. For example, Returnal director Harry Kruger explained, quote, 3D audio is exciting because it can create more convincing and accurate soundscape for players and a stronger sense of place. In a fast-paced action game with lots of verticality like Returnal, it can also help with the player's situational awareness and make it more intuitive for players to pinpoint the locations of nearby enemies or incoming projectiles in the heat of combat, end quote. Guerrilla Games' Matthijs de Jong explained specifically how it'll be used in Horizon, Horizon Forbidden West, quote, we'll be able to play sounds in such a way that players will be able to locate the machines around them with greater ease which is great for situations in which you find yourself surrounded or just want to sneak on machines, end quote. Hey, Ron, uh, does this get you more excited about next-gen 3D audio? I mean, okay, so no. <laughs> like, I, it's cool. It is very cool, but I'm also thinking about, like, I don't have anything that would really take advantage of this. It would be, it's neat. I have straight TV speakers because, like, the, HD, the ARC port on my TV broke at one point. I'm just not going to replace the entire TV for an ARC port. Hmm. But... That's so sad. It is very sad, Kevin. I used to have a really good sound bar, and now I don't. But I wonder I, if there's some sort of service that will fix that. I maybe. I would have to like pack my TV. It's all. It's a big thing. I rather. I understand. Not wanting yeah. to like deal with that. But do you think at some point that 3D audio is going to be like the 4K of the generation, like a thing that's like it actually really enhances the game if you just have it? 
like into a significant uh measure not measurable but like a thing where you could say like hey i have 4k hdr and oled that's actually made this game better than someone who doesn't have those things three uh, 3d audio i don't know enough about to, to to make that um uh that to make that statement but i mean i think audio in general right like the the more the better and better audio gets like at uh like as a thing in games the better experience is going to the experience is 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 going to be right and i think that kind of starts from the competitive side of things like hearing footsteps and hearing being able to like locate other players in a competitive sense is going to play a very big role in terms of uh how that stuff gets marketed and how important that stuff is uh the technology specifically i think that becomes less important important in a single player sense but will probably still be somewhat uh, somewhat something to acknowledge, you know, when you're playing a game or when you're experiencing something, right? To be able to be like, oh yeah, the audio is insane. Like I've heard Tim Gettys mention actually a, a billion times when he's talking about his Xbox and the um, Kevin. What's the software uh, Tim has on his Xbox? The audio stuff. Oh yeah. Atmos. Maybe hold on. Atmos. Yeah. When he's when he's talking also, about that, right? Like he he very much stresses that like that changes that changes his experience. Yeah, it's in game. supposed to be a game changer. Um, also, uh, just the chat thinks that I was implying that I could fix your, your audio <laughs> thing. And I, I don't think that I can, I legitimately, like there are technicians. I, I would hope that they could do I that. I would assume so. Yeah. But I assume it also like involve replacing parts and stuff like that. Which, yeah, probably yeah. maybe some soldering. Fun At some stuff. point I like, I'd rather just buy a new TV in like two or three years and deal yeah, with it for now. Such a, I mean, that's a hard thing to deal with. Uh, yeah. also I just wanted to add. I have a friend of mine that has like cool engineer friends mm-hmm. and he knows someone that was working <laughs> on some crazy technology. Uh, and he was like, Hey, you want to try this here? Bring any pair of headphones. And I was like, okay, grab my audio Technicus, went down, plugged into his, uh, his uh, cell phone. He's like, check out this audio demo they they developed. And there was a moment I had to take off my headphones because I was like, there's a plane flying over me right now. And it wasn't. It was all <laughs> in the headphones. And it was a regular pair of headphones. Somehow this company had figured out how to do all this crazy movement with just two headphones. That's awesome. And he was like, this, he had heard the application used with just two speakers in a house. And he's like, it works. And it's like, man. It's crazy that it's not out in the wild. Yeah, I mean, Imran. I mean, to your to your question, right? Of like, how big of a difference is, do you, do we think three D audio is going to make? Like, is that going to be a thing that is noticeable? Right. That plus, like the SSD stuff they're talking about, plus even the DualSense article from last time, right? Like the way in which they're presenting this information is very much indicative of where we're at. Like, these are questions that we should have the answer to. Like, these are questions that we should be able to be like, oh yeah, no, for sure, because we by now. In a in, in a world where everything was perfect, we would have demoed these, these things. Like we would have gotten our hands on, we would have uh, been able to experience like their their version of 3D audio, right? And like mm-hmm. the the idealized version of hey, yeah, play Ratchet and you know get into it, like un- like understand what uh, how Ratchet is taking advantage of sound or how Ratchet is really taking advantage of SSD. See the dimension changing in real life. Uh, but yeah, like them 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 putting out these. The, uh, these blog posts essentially like detailing the te- te- technology in this specific way in like a hands-on way that isn't necessarily hands-on uh 
it's very much indicative of where we're at but also like i mean it's good on them like it's a good it's a it's a good way to do it i think or at least yeah. like a decent way to do it with all things considered so two things one i i saw tim's home theater recently and holy shit it actually lives up to expectations it is yeah, incredible uh two i think that the line for this thing is going to be like over the generation we got to the point where if a if a reviewer is reviewing a game on technical aspects and they did not have like 4K and a or a PS4 Pro and a 4K TV and HDR, people would sort of complain like, "Oh, you didn't get like the what what aspect of this are you reviewing?" I kind of wonder if 3D audio is ever going to get to that point. Like, okay, you play this, but did you play it with like 3D head like really good 3D audio in your headphones or whatever? And I imagine some places like Digital Foundry and all that will probably do this, but I. Wonder if it ever become like fundamental to the game design. Well, like, I mean, is it going to, yeah, is it going to be like, am I going to be able to hear invaders coming from behind me in Demon Souls? And if so, is that actually a really important thing, or is it just like a, a good little thing to have? You figure with them marketing it so much, that is the thing that they're expecting to be standardized by the time we come around uh, to next gen, right? Like by the time we're by the time we're in it, in it, I expect it to be more of a of a standardized thing uh, uh, for them. Right, like I mean, or not, and this 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 whole thing was a waste. Like I feel like if you're going this hard and talking yeah. about 3D audio, you expect it to like be That's ubiquitous. The, that is the thing about console generation leadups is that feeling of I don't know if this thing is going to be the major selling point of this console or mm-hmm. a thing they just never fucking talk about after March. And again, like that's the thing where we'll see. Like it's like the dual sense controller, where I'm looking at some of the features of that thing, and I'm like, oh yeah, this seems really awesome, right? Like the ha- the um the haptic feedback they're talking about, man, that seems really cool. The Xbox controller doesn't have that, and like if that's the case, like our third party is going to take advantage of that, and then like if that's not the case, then it's like, what it, what are we doing here? Like what yeah. what is the end result of this? Is this uh, going to be like throwing grenades in Uncharted, where it's like, all right, I guess we got to use the gyro, or is it yeah. going to be like, I don't know? Is it going to be a gimmick? Is, is what it comes down to. Yeah. Is it going to be like the share button or like, you know, gyro? That's that's all. I th- <laughs> when I think of stuff like this, like I, will, I would like the haptic stuff to be cool. Like that sounds really neat. That sounds I, awesome. I just don't know if like in 2022, any game is actually going to use it, but hopefully it does. Imran, I'm very curious to see if in 2022, many games use 3D audio and haptic feedback, but 2022 is sadly so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mama Grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games that we show host each and every weekday. Is that a recording for this, by the way, Kevin? Or is that like something else that we pulled in here? I'm sorry? Is that, is that like the the theme music for that? Is that like an original recording for this, I, or is that like something like some believe, sound? Library? I believe best friend made it. In fact, I have. Yeah, a best friend made it for us. Oh, awesome! Yeah, hold on, let me see. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Dylan what you got for me? Fisher. Nice. Yeah, Dylan Thank Fisher. You Dylan Fisher. Or the Fish Thank you so much, Dylan Fisher. He likes being called. Does he like being called that, or did <laughs> you make that up on the spot? I made it up on the spot. <laughs> oh <laughs> man! Oh Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Fishman. All right. Out today, we got Iron Harvest for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Crusader Kings 3 for PC. I think that's the one that got out of town at the time for my GN, right? Crusader Kings 3. I believe so. I'm going to Google that because I don't want to give a random game a 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, Crus- Crusader Kings. Yeah. So good on them. Congratulations. Uh, 
Ari and the Secret of Seasons uh, out today on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Super Barman R Online is out today on Stadia. Is it really? That makes me want to use Stadia. More than likely, That's what wild. it will actually do is make me want to wait until it comes to something else. But that makes me kind of want to use Stadia. I miss multiplayer Barman a lot. MX versus ATV All Out is out for Switch. Evergate is out for PC. The Light at the End of the Ocean for PC. The Cubidex of Brass and Wood for PC and Mac. Red Star Raider for PC. Queen's Garden 2 for PC. Uh, and then The Jungle is out today for PC. New dates. Vaporum Lockdown is coming to P- Windows PC on September 15th, 2020. Song of Horror lurks on the PS4 and Xbox One on October 29th. Pendragon is coming to Steam and GOG on September 22nd. And then the Astro A20 gaming headset Gen 2 is available for pre-order now uh, for $119.99 US dollars uh, from Astro Gaming and major participating retailers shipping in October 2020. The Astro A20 Gen 2 USB transmitter will be available in October of 2024, $19.99. That's $19.99 US dollars. Now it is time for Reader Mail. You can write into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Brooke Lennon. Falls right around the corner, and what a better time to refresh your space than a fresh new season. We're, we're talking all new super soft bedding, towels, and even loungewear. If you're going to sit back and admire your new digs, you might as well be insanely comfortable doing it. Home of the internet's favorite sheets, Brooklyn has got over 50,000 plus five-star reviews and counting. And because they love a deal as much as they love comfort, Brooklyn's Labor Day event is happening this weekend featuring everything you need to outfit your home this season at a fraction of the price. Catafani's own Greg Miller himself loves Brooklyn and towels. Uh, he says they're super soft and big, and he also said that says that they dry him off and cover his shame. We're all spending so much time at home nowadays. Why not upgrade our homes with Brooke Lennon? Their Labor Day event is coming up this weekend, and it's, it's a big one. Don't miss out on big savings on all things sheets, towels, loungewear, and so much more. And if you can't wait, you can get 10% off your first order and free shipping right now when you use the promo code GAMES only at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. We're also brought to you by Logitech. Logitech has been my go-to for a long time when it comes to gaming headsets, and their Pro X Wireless Lightspeed gaming headset is a game changer. Based on the award-winning Pro Gaming headset design, Pro X wireless headset features high-quality materials, advanced communications, precision audio, and total wireless freedom. It's a high-performance Pro X gaming headset with light-speed wireless technology and up to 20-plus hours of battery life. It also features a detachable Pro-grade microphone featuring real-time blue voice technology, including passive noise, noise isolation, compressor limiter, and more for clean, professional voice comms. It doesn't stop there, as there's also the advanced Pro-G 50mm drivers, which deliver clear and precise sound imaging with improved bass response. Hear footsteps and environmental cues with clarity to give you the competitive advantage. You see right there? You see right there? The competitive advantage, because sound is that important. You can also experience this headset's supreme comfort and durability. For a limited time, Logitech is offering our listeners 10% off select products at logitechg.com. Use code KFGAMES for 10% off today. That's 10% off select Logitech products with prod with with prod with promo code KFGAMES. Well, lastly, we're brought to you by Hims. Uh, for Hims.com is all about men's wellness. 
need help with hair loss, ED, or have a cold, interested in mental health or COVID-19 home tests, Hims is here for you. We all know the story. Andy and Nick wanted to maintain their own wellness, so they looked to Hims for help keeping their hair full and healthy. We can confirm they've been loving it ever since. 66% of men start to lose their hair by age 35. Thanks to science, hair loss can be optional. Hims connects you to FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss, and they have thousands of happy customers loving their results. If approved, products will be shipped directly to your door in discreet packaging. Today, Hims is giving you their best offer yet. If you're not happy with your results after 90 days, Hims will give you a full refund. And right now, our listeners can get their first visit absolutely free. Go to 4hims.com slash gamesdaily. That's 4hims.com slash gamesdaily. Full refund of price is available for the first 90-day supply. Refund requests must be made between 90 and 180 days after product shipment delivered. Prescription products require an online consultation with a medical professional who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Imran, Mm -hmm. I got a question from Oliver, who wrote into patreon.com slash games, just like you can, and says, Hi, Blessing and Imran. So I guess Avengers is fun. The way most people have talked about it, uh, the game, the, the way most people talked about this game in demo previews made it sound uh, too broken and nothing special. I myself played uh, a game, I myself never played a games as a service, but the story looks interesting so far. I caught Greg's stream via YouTube this morning. Pretty ballsy not to have an embargo, but it's helping spread good first impressions about the game rather than having a score sum up impressions. What do you think about this strategy by Square? I think it is not ballsy so much. I'm not going to call it cowardly, but trying avoiding reviews is always a thing that always kind of sticks in my craw a little bit because if you're very confident in your game, you want people to have those scores and like look at it and say, okay, this is what reviewers have thought. What do people think? And they can be able to separate those two together or separate them apart. This makes me think, let's get the people most likely to signal plays this game, which are deluxe edition buyers, people who bought it early, people who bought it most expensively, who are most bought into the idea of liking this thing to give those first impressions. And granted, they're like doing streams, stuff like that. So take it with a grain of salt of like how how uh, biased it might be or whether the camera can lie or anything like that. But there are people who are more likely to go like, oh, actually, this game rocks. I put something on Twitter last night saying the QTEs are straight out of 2005. And I got like five replies this morning saying like, for people with like timelines just about Avengers stuff on their mm-hmm. Twitters, saying like, what do you mean the QTEs are, QTEs are 2005? That's just a benign-ass criticism. It's like the least, uh, no one's going to not buy the game because of weird QTEs. But it's people who are playing the game and really do want to like it. And that's a reasonable human thing to feel. Mm-hmm. But they're the ones who are out there like giving the quote-unquote criticism about the game. I don't... I'm not going to say it's ballsy by any stretch, but I think a combination of the, as Oliver mentions, the kind of bad feedback from the demo, plus the fact that servers had to go up at some point, so they might, might as well launch it for everyone at once. It means that this sort of worked out well for them that the people most inclined to like the game, the people who are going to be talking about it the most right now online. Yeah, I don't think it's ballsy. I do think it's smart. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, 
I don't think Avengers is going to review amazingly when it comes to numbered scores. Yeah. And I honestly, I think they know that. Like, I think Crystal Chris Dynamics, more so actually probably uh, Square Enix. Like, I think yeah. they know that this game is going to come out and, and get 10s or even 9s. Maybe 8s if they're lucky, right? Like, I th- this game isn't necessarily going to knock everybody away in the critical review sense. But I think what this game does have is kind of what, Imran, what you're kind of alluding to is like a fan base and people that are going to play it and that are, that are, that are going to enjoy it, that are going to sing its praises despite its flaws, right? And like that's, an, that's a totally okay thing to do, right? Like I plan yes. to play the game and check it out and I hope I like it despite its flaws. Like I hope I'm one of those people because I really want to like this game. Yeah. Uh, but that being the case, right? Like those people are going to come out and they're going to speak their impressions and they're going to sing their praises. And I think for Square Enix, right? Like the, the idea is, hey, yeah, let's let those people talk first and let the let let's let those people lead the marketing wave and then reviews will come second and like yeah we'll review let's 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 estimate and say sevens let's say it's going to get sevens it's going to get those sevens but you know people are people people are going to be more inclined to listen to the word of mouth because you know again we're talking about avengers we're talking about a game that has a fan base we're talking about a game that people for all intents and purposes right me included want to love uh, and so I, I think that's honestly like the idea behind it. And also it's a games of service, right? And so like your servers are going to have to go up at a certain point and for them to, uh, lift that embargo, I think probably just makes things easier to some extent on their side. Um, but I think that also feeds back into the point of how well do games as a service games review at launch? Not well, usually like yeah. when you, I mean, when you like- look back. You can't do a real review until like you do real end game content and you're playing with people and like matchmaking and stuff like that. Like, that's all going to be i i use this example a lot and like maybe this is because i just didn't like that game as much as a lot of other people but like pokemon getting reviews pokemon sword and shield getting reviews before online was turned on is bullshit like there should not have been scores for that game because online actually is a major part of it and it actually is a major detriment at times so no one is going to make that mistake with avengers and if they do that i don't i immediately a little suspicious of those reviews but there before this game launches i don't think we're gonna get a ton of reviews and that's ideally what square enix wants and yeah. they are by far not the only people to do this i what you were saying about wanting to like the game that's a conflict i have with a lot of games like there there's basically two imrons when playing this kind of game playing this game specifically is mm-hmm. there's reviewer imron and there's marvel fan imron and Marvel fan Imran is like, I fucking love Kamala Khan. I love playing as her. I love this intro. I love all this stuff. I love the fact that we're doing this like coming of superhero age story with her. And then the reviewer Imran is like, okay, but this thing is janky. This why did not that why didn't I grab that thing when the prompt was there? Why didn't the prompt show up? Why is the the movement so a little weird like this? Why was there a sound of her getting damaged and the Hulk screaming? in the interstitial of a cutscene, even though that had nothing to do with the cutscene. Like, that's the kind of thing that I have to think about from that perspective. And then there's some people who listen to the reviews and be like, well, none of that matters to me because I'm the same as reviewer Imran, that I just want to see this stuff. So it's... When we do get reviews, I think there's going to be a pretty big divide of people going, I've been watching videos or I've been playing this game and it's fine. I don't see what they're complaining about. And reviewers going, okay, yeah, it may be fine and like it may be this more than some of its parts, but... These are still things that are worth criticism, and we need to talk about those because maybe they'll fix them. Yeah, and I'm I'm 100 with you there. Um, and yeah, again, I think that that makes sense for why they probably want to do it this way as opposed to the other the other way around and let um, that the the critical reviews. Yeah, essentially, like if they know, gave us a charge, 
if they gave us to it two weeks ago and we got reviews today, then I think, yeah, we would be looking at sevens or eights. Exactly. Gondor's Condor writes in to patreon.com. It's kind of funny games and says, greetings, blessing, and Imran. How have playing similar games simultaneously affect, affected your impressions of either game? I asked because I was considering getting Avengers, but playing the beta while, re- while replaying Spider-Man made me feel the former's controls were too clunky. Thanks for all you do and game daily. Imran, have you ever played two similar games at the same time? Yes. been like, man, I wish I didn't do that. There is a video of me on Game Informer where I had been playing Dark, or not, I've been playing Monster Hunter World for a couple of months by that point. I was like, literally every day, I just go there and play a couple of hours. Then I was at Bandai Namco's offices playing Dark Souls Remastered for a demo. And I went to go pick some, and give my Dark Souls is a game I played once a year for, for was like seven years now. I, what went to go pick up an item and i accidentally hit the wrong button and i jumped off the the platform and like you can hear me say to the microphone oh crap i forgot this wasn't monster hunter controls and it's stuff like that of like these games are just similar enough that i want to use the same buttons for everything and obviously you could change if you want to but i usually don't and that happens to me all the time of there's a part of my brain that just doesn't connect right of this feels like the thing that something else is like and in the moment, I don't press the right thing, and I end up getting myself killed because of it. Yeah, for me, I, it's the classic example of Horizon and Breath of the Wild, where I, because those games were like a week apart, you know, played Horizon, was in, enjoying it fine for the first 10 hours or so. Then mm-hmm. I switched to Breath of the Wild, and I was like, oh, this is the greatest video game I've ever played, and like got <laughs> obsessed with Breath of the Wild and like fell in love with all this stuff, right? Beat Breath, Breath of the Wild try to go back to horizon and just couldn't do it i just couldn't function in the game because again like for games that are pretty different you know like if, if i'm being if i'm being fair both of them like they're different games but they are the they're they are both these open world games that deal a lot with exploration and and uh uh and like wild wildlife and all this stuff uh and like they're they're just similar enough to where i was like playing playing horizon i was like man be real great if i could just climb a thing <laughs> or like yes. real great if i could glide across the map uh stuff that like horizon doesn't have any business doing like i was like man be great if uh i don't know man i had a magnet <laughs> that i could use to just like float things over you know yeah uh yeah it's i i'm, I'm sure i've played like i i get to the point where i have to stop playing certain games just because two games i'm playing at the same time are too similar and it's not even just control confusion it's sometimes just i don't want to internally compare them that much or just i don't like your horizon example i don't want to go into horizon thinking i wish i could just glide across this and that's what i did and i ended up putting the game down for like two years because of it or i don't want to go into breath of the wild thinking i wish the arrow the aiming system was a little bit better or a little bit more fluid just because like horizon has that Mm -hmm. how dare you the aim system with the arrows and in breath of the wild is perfect it's no it's fantastic but (laughs) but it's not quite i I like the gyro aiming in Breath of the Wild, but I, you know what? I can't think of. Oh, why you're using I... the gyro aiming. I think I turned off the gyro aiming. I all, I think Breath of the Wild. I started, I started playing that right after I was like, I played a lot of Splatoon at the time, so gyro aiming was um, preferable to me. Gotcha. That's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Splatoon, I feel like corrupted so many people with the Horrifying. gyro stuff. Horrifying. I'm it's saying good. this. Is, I'm saying this is somebody who didn't play much Splatoon at all. It, but still, the fact I that wish, anybody can get 
converted it into being like gyro aiming is the shit that here's shocks me here's the thing i wish avengers had gyro aiming because the oh. way the aiming you do in that game is what so precise it's so precise that when you're like a millimeter off that it's it misses so i wish it had like mm. a small tiny little adjustment to, for gyro aiming disgusting Imran, it's time to squat up. Uh, Sean Childers writes in with a squat up. For uh, Freedom Wars, of all games, uh, Sean Childers wants to play Freedom Wars, uh, and they write in, and they say a simple statement. I need me that sweet, sweet plat. If you want to help out Sean Childers, get the plat in Freedom Wars. I believe that's a Vita exclusive, and so you're going to have to have yeah. a Vita for that one. Uh, you can add Sean Childers with the PSN name, uh, Ken Sukete. That is spelled K-E-N-S-U-K-E-T-E. Ken Tsukete. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. We read in let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, shout out to the nanobiologist and final boss fight uh, who helped clarify and say the Splinter Cell guy's name is Sam Fisher. Uh, I should have known that. The old uh, and then fish man. The old, old fish man. Fish man. Big fish. Uh, and then uh, they also say that he's not in Siege yet. Him and the new season are only in the PTR. Uh, Nanobot says blessing Xbox One controllers has haptic feedback in the form of small vibrational motors behind the sticks that doesn't disprove your point though because your point was are they going to use it if it's not standard you can still use old Xbox One controllers so even if it has haptic feedback they're not going to design a necessary thing for both and it's like a different type of haptic feedback than what the dual sense is doing, right? Yeah, it's a right. shittier. It is, it's completely different. It, you yeah. Can, you could probably still describe it as haptic feedback, but it's not the same thing. Barely, right? Nerds. Uh, DH Rubinator writes in and says, uh, Miss News, did you cover today's... Uh, did you cover today's news that Xbox will be hosting a showcase for a Tokyo Game Show? Uh, we did not, and that's probably a cool thing to shout out. Xbox is doing a showcase for a Tokyo Game Show, uh, which they don't normally do. And so, Does that mean we have to watch another thing? Uh, probably. But, like, what's going to be there? It's probably going to be, like, Japanese games coming yeah. to the Xbox it, One. If there's even next. an English equivalent, then I'd be surprised. But who knows? It's Xbox yeah. knows, so maybe. But, like, I assume it's for things like, what was the name of that thing? Holy shit, it just totally slipped my mind. It's the, the Bandai Namco game they showed the, the Xbox reveal. Some, oh, no. You remember what I'm talking about? Nope. Chat will get us. Or no, you're wrong, will get us. No idea. <laughs> you're wrong. You have like five <laughs> seconds uh, because I'm about to say Nexus. Show. Scarlet Nexus. That is Scarlet. It. Okay. Yeah. I, I pictured the game, but I couldn't <laughs> think of the name. It, I was like, I was thinking Code Vein, but I was like, no, that's the old game. That's I, not see, and I, I was also thinking Code Vein because so I was I, like, those games look similar. Yeah, I was thinking that no. too. Yeah. I would think Code Vein. Uh, oh God, what was it? Yakuza, Yakuza, like Yakuza. Well, Yakuza is already out in Japan, so who knows? But oh, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe they do. Oh, yeah. other Yakuza games I mean, that's too, very much Xbox. obviously like a thing of them trying to be more popular in japan because xbox historically isn't that popular in japan they've tried so many times it just never worked i like maybe x cloud is the thing i like i've been thinking about this recently i think x cloud might be a big thing to get a foothold in japan the other major question might be is a foothold in japan really necessarily worth trying that hard but that's a totally different thing that's a larger subject that has a lot more discussion around it tomorrow's hosts for the show are 
Greg, and Gary Witta for Witta Wednesday. And of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>